All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition, the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody, and, well, it's the offseason, but we still got stuff to talk about. Uh, Micah Hudson has not committed to Texas Tech as of yet, but uh, some UT fans are losing their mind. Not, Not all, not all, but a lot of them are, which is quite entertaining. Additionally... Texas Tech is also very much in the mix for a high four-star Ashton Bethel Roman. We'll talk about him, uh, some other candidates to join Tech, this recruiting window, how the past transfer weekend worked. We actually got a transfer in basketball. We got a big man in basketball. Chris Beard is rolling over in his grave at the thought of another big man at Texas Tech. Uh, He did not like big men too much, but we'll also talk about uh, some sleepers for this football season. Oh! And we have a first. We have a decommitment graphic. It wasn't a tech player, but a UT player posted a decommitment graphic. We'll talk about all that and more. All right, so on the Micah Hudson stuff, it is starting to look really good. You know, uh, just about everybody connected to the Tech Tech program, every coach, every recruiting guy sent out their bat signals about somebody coming um, that was yes, uh, that two days ago from when this is released on Wednesday. Um, and it looked like Micah Hudson was going to commit to Texas Tech. It really did. And we had, I, I'll get into the idiots um, that are reporting that they have sources or leaking photos on sites in a second. But you have to feel really confident about this recruitment if you're a Tech fan. And this is a guy who is number six in his class on on three, which I use 247 normally, where he's number 22 overall, and then Rivals also has him as a five-star. This one, it feels like this one's going to happen. It it just really does. I, I don't see any case scenario. Okay, there's a case scenario that doesn't happen, but and if you want the insight on all of this, there's people that are paid to do it. I use Red Raider Sports, I'm sure. The 247 side is really good too. Uh, but it it just feels like it's definitely coming. And it feels like the next time I record this podcast, we're going to finally have a commitment from Micah Hudson. There's Allegedly, there's a graphic already made that somebody posted on the Red Raider Sports site and he immediately got banned. They, they don't do that type of stuff there. But if you if you have access to those photos, don't leak it to the public. Like if you have access to his commitment photo, don't leak it out. I mean, this is a it, it doesn't matter whether you're a five star, four star, three star, whatever. You've worked your whole life to get in this position. This, it's a special moment. You should be able to go post it yourself. Nobody should be leaking photos. And then you have some other people. I'm not going to name names. But a couple of weeks ago when I called them out for speculating that Tadlock made four times as much as they did. And the Mark Adams stuff. They, that guy, um, I'm sure it's the same guy. There, I think there's like three people that run that account or whatever. Two of them are really good. But one of them, one of them is not so good. And he reported, well, first off, he called me out for 
thinking that Fan Nation has sources. I I know they don't have sources, but I mean it was all over the message boards. You could know what's going on. But now, two weeks later, they're tr- they're reporting per sources that Micah Hudson's going to commit. And I mean, come on, I still let let the guy have his moment. You you don't see any of the recruiting analysts actually going out there and reporting over Twitter that hey, this guy's committing. This guy's committing. No, they let the kids have their moment. These are 17-year-old kids that have worked really hard for this moment. The kid should have his moment. And like, and if you're on the forums, they'll say, oh, it's looking good here. It's looking good. But they, even on the forums, even on the paid forums, they're not going out there and leaking that, oh, he's committing. He's committing. They, they let him have his moment. And by the way, Micah Hudson, he's not going. He was scheduled to take an official visit to Texas. That's not happening. Um which is a good sign. It's also they have a 7v7 thing in College Station this weekend. So he's going to be there with his team for the 7-on-7 seven seven stuff. But it it should be coming. It should be coming. It feels like it's going to happen. And the UT, and it was Sunday night. And, man, I was enjoying the College World Series in Omaha for it. And all this was going down. And, and I'll read out. I, I actually I paid the 2 bucks for the... Uh, the read-only version of Orange Bloods, because I, I thought that'd be entertaining, and I'm only reading this out because it was on message board geniuses. But some of these coping from UT fans is absolutely hilarious. One of them's if he ends up a sand Aggie, we didn't want him anyway, since that would be one of the dumbest moves a five-star recruit has ever made. Pretty sure we want to stay away from guys with empty heads. Maybe he doesn't think he could handle the academics at Texas, which I'm sorry, Vince Young went to Texas. And look, Texas is a great school. If you can get in for academics, that's great. I, I, I think I think a Texas Tech degree, especially with the cost of living in Lubbock, is is better. And you're definitely getting way more bang for your buck there. But come on, the academics—it doesn't matter with these football players what their academics are unless you're Jet Duffy and then you also have other allegations against you and can't even get into Mac schools. But we don't need to go back down that route. And then there's a common theme calling the Big 12 the Little 12 now, which I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The last two Big 12 championship games was Texas and Oklahoma in them. No. And and now it's and you've had two teams in the playoffs that are going to be in the new Big 12. In the last two years. And unlike the three times OU was actually in the playoffs. And the zero times Texas has been to the playoffs. You actually had a team win a game. That's coming back. I I just don't get the thought thought process that the Big 12 is not going to be worth watching. It's going to... Are you telling me that if Texas Tech is playing Oklahoma State and both teams are top 25. That people would rather watch Kentucky versus Ole Miss. Like seriously. Come on, everybody, and yes, the UT-Alabama games at the same time as Texas versus Oregon, or Texas Tech versus Oregon on week two, and yeah, it's going to outdraw the Tech-Oregon game. I mean, that's going to happen. Now, I don't really care. I would rather that one outdraw us like crazy, and it be a night game like it is, 
rather than have to sit out in the sun at 2 p.m. in September. You know what? As long as I can tailgate and probably start hydrating, uh, that's one word for it, by noon, I, I will not care about the ratings, as long as Tech wins the game, obviously. Additionally, some things that you'll hear with Micah Hudson is that receiver or whatever, receivers aren't game changers. And you know what? When you're Texas and you have a wide receiver room full of four and five stars, yeah, they're not that much of game changers. But would they have said that about Xavier Worthy going into the last season? I don't think so. Michael Crabtree was a game changer. And the NFL stuff, I mean, Tech has put more guys in the NFL over the last few years than Texas has. You, you've had Cameron Batson get his chances. You, you had Antoine Wesley get in. And Antoine Wesley, he, was, he wasn't really ever thought of a prospect before his last year. I mean, the stuff that you can do in Zach Hitley's system as a wide receiver is going to be extremely beneficial. And Micah Hudson's going to excel in it. Should he come to Texas Tech? And I'm going to jump about around here uh, real quick and talk about Hunter Moden because he does factor in to what I'm going to mention next. He posted a graphic saying <laughs> to recruitment 100% open. And maybe it wasn't him that posted the graphic, but it said Texas Longhorns decommitted <laughs> with an image of him running away from the logo. And now this guy is the number either six or eight athlete in the 2024 class. He plays wide receiver in high school. That's his main position. Uh, he could play corner, could probably play safety. But I got to say, the decommitment graphic, that is a new one. I don't know how I would handle it as a if a Texas Tech commit posted a picture of them running away from the Texas Tech logo in a graphic when they decommit. Obviously, I wouldn't tweet at him or anything, but <laughs> that is a new one. And this kid, he he holds about 18 offers. He holds one from Texas Tech. I don't think that he's going to come to Texas Tech. And that that has a lot to do with Roman, uh, Carrion, and Hudson. I do think that we're going to get Hudson. Carrion's already committed. And then Roman, he's, it looks like it's a race between Arkansas and Texas Tech right now. He was on campus. He's, he spoke highly of Texas Tech. And it seems like there's a real opportunity that you could bring in Micah Hudson and Roman. And now, if both of those guys come, I don't know if you bring Carrion in too. The class is pretty full, especially wide receiver-wise does Carrion want to be the third wide receiver with how highly rated he is in a class if he's coming to Texas Tech? Maybe not. Maybe not. But there's certainly a chance that you get all three. There's certainly a shot that you get all three, which is why I don't think that you're going to see uh, Hunter Moden uh, seriously take a big look at Texas Tech. I That's just my opinion on it. But one thing that was funny, I saw a lot of Texas fans, they were mentioning two wide receivers they prefer over Hudson, and one of one of them was the kid who just posted the decommitted graphic of them. But anyways, moving on from that, 
on to basketball. Tech Tech has a new guy coming in. He is a big man, 6'10", center, 250. Um, and I will say, I'm, I'm using this laptop that my work laptop's basically broken. I can plug it into my monitors at work and it works fine, but the screen doesn't work. It uh, completely went out on me last week for the most part. And so I'm using my laptop that I had in college, which I have not touched this laptop in almost two years. Um, surprisingly, it turned on. I'm really glad it did. But uh, Google Chrome doesn't work, so I'm having to use the Yahoo one and keeps freezing up on me. My senior year was three years ago now, and I, I would get to class with this, and I had to have a notepad because sometimes it would take 15 minutes to start up. It's actually working right now, which is beyond belief for me. But Deshaun Jackson, 6'10", he's a center, gives you depth down low. That's what you needed. You needed to pick up another big man. He was a four-star coming out of high school. His last full season, and he didn't play last year, but he played in 25 games, averaged 16.3 minutes, got six points, 4.1 rebounds a game, and .4 assists. He is um, He had some heart issues, I believe, and injury issues. He's a very talented player, but he also has injury issues. So basically he's just a slight, he's just a bit more talented. Daniel Bacho. If he can stay healthy, he can be a massive piece for you this season. I think this is a good pickup for McCaslin. This is somebody you had to roll the dice. You had to roll the dice. You still have an extra spot left. Now you had to roll the die, roll the dice and get somebody it's, I, I still don't think this team's going to make the tournament. Now, if Pop Isaacs develops, if Kerwin Walton, uh, DeMarion Williams have a good year, if the Nevada transfer can do replicate what he did in the Mountain West in the Big 12 or anything like it, then you're going to have a really good team. You're, you're going to have a really good shot to make the tournament and win a game or two in the tournament. But the, the McCaslin thing, I know some people may be growing antsy on it, this was not a one-year thing. This was not a one-year thing. Mark Adams, he took the program in the wrong direction. That last year is going to hurt. It, it's going to hurt for a, a year or two more. But you actually have a pretty talented roster this year. You're getting guys that you need. You're filling out the big man position, which is going to be really helpful. You're not going to be relying on a super small lineup. When Amac and Bacha are both injured this year. Although, with Jackson, you may need to do that some. But this was a really good pickup for Grant McCaslin. Considering where you are, that you still have a couple, you still had a couple spots left. And quite frankly, you just didn't. You needed a big man. And it's getting late. You had to take a chance on this guy. In the world of NIL, though. The Matador Club and Red Raider Club are also merging. And I got to say, I, I'm really happy about this. And the level uh, the level 13 agency, I, I know people have seen this, that they're representing other schools. They still represent Jalen Tyson, I believe, even though he transferred out of Texas to Cal, of all places. Enjoy that crapple. But... He gets to be teammates with AMAC for another year. That's awesome. But he, I think it's really good that you're seeing a consolidated effort that the majority of NIL 
is going to be coming from, you know, the Matador Club and something that is just focused on Texas Tech athletics. They're not focused on getting them to another school if they want to go there. They're just focused on taking care of the players you have in. And now, by the way, Jerram Bradley and Tyler Shuck, they they're gonna get triple digit or six figure, six figure NIL deals this year, and that's still connected to the level thirteen agency in some way. So I'm sure that you're still gonna see that, but I I think this is a good thing. The NIL, what happened with NIL and the basketball team last year was just embarrassing. I mean, you look at what AM did, what they spent on that recruiting class to go five and seven. We were the equivalent of that in basketball. We really were. So I think this is a really good move. The future of the basketball programs is in really good hands. The present, this coming year, it's going to be dicey, but this is not a one-year rebuild. It never was going to be that. Moving on to back to football, talking the Big 12 as a whole here. It's going to be an interesting season. There's kind of unbalanced schedules. I Just talking about contenders, and the media poll is going to come out. You have Kansas State, who's going to be a contender. I know they lost Deuce Vaughn. They got a really good running back to replace him. Kansas State's one of the main contenders. OU, you can't count them out. Now, I don't think they're actually going to make it to the Big 12 championship. They're going to get a loss pinned on them by Texas, I believe. And they do have a very easy schedule. Man, they have to play Bedlam in Stillwater, and that's the last time Bedlam's ever going to be played. That's another tough one. You could have to go 8-1 and one to make it to the Big 12 championship. I'm really not sure they have that in them. Baylor is a team that they're a yo-yo team. Um, Sawyer Robinson coming in as quarterback, and I, I'm still not at, completely out on Blake Shape, and he could take a leap forward. But you saw they lack QB depth, and it was a really good thing that they were one of the only two teams in the conference to start their starting quarterback all 10 games. They're kind of, I'd rank Baylor at like six. I put Kansas State as the favorite. Talent-wise, I put Texas at two with Texas Tech at three, but that's a really close call there. TCU brought a lot of guys in. I, I really don't know about what Sonny Dykes is doing with the recruiting, he's bringing in small classes and we're lying on the transfer portal. I mean, you can get away with that for a bit, but I don't think that's the right way to build. I think what Joey McGuire is doing is way better than what Sonny Dykes is doing. It, in football, I think that you have to have your core, then you supplement with the portal. It seems kind of like Sonny Dykes is doing the opposite there. I'd have them... Probably as my fifth team and OU at four with Baylor at six. Everybody else. I know there's a lot of talk about Kansas. Look, they, they had an easy front half of the schedule. Jalen Daniels, he's going to win them some games. If he stays healthy, they can definitely make it back to a bowl game. But they're not going to be contenders. Houston, that roster, I, I'm sorry. I think Donovan Smith can get them to a bowl game. But they're not going to be contenders. Oklahoma State, I'm sorry. No, Alan Bowman is not going to win a Big 12 championship. No. He, just not happening. BYU, they're going through a rebuilding year. They they had a rough year last year. UCF, I think, is a team to watch for the future. I think of all four newcomers, they're probably going to be the best of them. 
but I still don't I, I don't think they're legit contenders this year. I, I think they're probably maybe the seventh best team in the conference though. After that, Iowa State, I, I they're definitely gonna be better. I think Hunter Deckers is gonna make a leap forward, but I I really don't see much or I see them winning more games, but I don't see them taking a giant leap forward and being contender. West Virginia, Neil Brown's going to get fired at the end of the year. That's self-explanatory. Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to be bad this year. They lost so much talent. And now they're replacing it. They're recruiting very well. They're like UCF. They're both recruiting well, which I I said this last time. I did not expect. I thought that program was going to go downhill fast. But they're recruiting very well. And... I think that you kind of have a clear five contenders with a sixth in there. In Baylor, if you're going to go further than that, then I think UCF may be a good bet, but I don't think that they're actually going to take. I, I don't think they'll be able to get into the Big 12 championship game. But that's kind of my overview on the contenders for football. I think it's a five, six team race this year, which I will say. I hate that it's unbalanced schedules because it's kind of weird. You're not watching Texas Tech play Oklahoma State. You're not watching OSU play Texas. It's kind of strange, but, I mean, you're, you're going to lose one of those anyways next year. I hope they find a way to get Tech playing Oklahoma State every single year in the new Big 12. We can give up the games with Houston. Yes, I know they lead the overall series, but we beat them 10 out of the last 11 times. I think we're going to make it 11 out of 12 this year. If we play them every other year, I'm completely good with that. I I don't need them as a protected rival. If you go with three protected rivals, give us TCU, Baylor, and Oklahoma State on that front. One bit of good news before, before I call this the podcast. LSU had to vacate, I believe, 29 wins. 29 wins. Less miles now ineligible for the hall of fame and one of the wins they had to vacate was the 2015 texas bowl so cliff kingsbury and i know this doesn't work this way but i edited the wikipedia page already and nobody's changed it back yet so i'm calling it official um cliff kingsbury now has a eight win season with texas tech patrick mahomes in my book has a bowl win with texas tech and you've now in your last three bowl games against sec teams just absolutely stomp them. And as the gambling gauchos pointed out, the last six, the last six SEC opponents you've played in your last six games against them, you are now six and zero because of Les Miles's cheating. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a Micah Hudson commitment. Uh, thank you and wreck them.